Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night South Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. Marler, the SEC schedule. Three parts it took for the entire thing Man, to come out. I don't, Three I parts. Still don't, like that, that format that they came out with was not ideal for somebody with ADD. Uh, they were like, "Here's week two, and here's just a list of things." I was like, "I'm trying to, I'm trying, to, I'm just so used to the helmet schedule. Like, it's you yeah. gotta, you gotta, like, it's gotta be like a baby for me. Like, it's gotta be like simple. Like, hey, this this square doesn't fit into this circle." I was gonna say the SEC schedule was like the Hangover. Had to be three parts. Yeah. Um, or <laughs> let's see, uh, Hunger Games, the three part deal as well. I would say um, uh, Ocean's Eleven because the middle one was the worst part for me. I didn't like the middle part. I never saw the middle one. Just it was all Ocean, just Ocean's Eleven. Not a mess. This with is a serious movie, okay? It's not like it's just like when Brad Pitt got together with his friends and tried to make some movie like Ocean's Eleven. Good point. Good point. There you go. The SEC schedule is out. There are so many things to break down. As you said, it was a bit of a whirlwind to try and follow along with some of these things, but there were, I think, some big takeaways that we want to be able to get to. We're recording this at 8.30 on Monday night. After all of this has been able to be dissected, over-dissected, fans have takes, I've seen win-over-unders, we've got point spreads that are already out. Wait, what? How did I miss this? Spend enough time on the internet, man. (laughs) I've been on the internet for like three weeks straight. I don't understand. Like, I haven't gotten off the internet. I can't believe I missed the point spreads. Yeah, so there are point spreads as well that we're, we're definitely going to have to get to. Yeah, I'm into and that. I saw it, so I won't be able to do our typical guess the spread. But just for oh, week one, so I saw some of these spreads come out. And if we're being honest here, like some of these week one spreads that we'll talk about in a little bit, who knows? I yeah. mean, based on who's opting out, who's not opting out. Mm. I mean, just today there was rumors that three of Florida's receivers were opting out. Maybe by the time that people are listening to this, there's going to be more clarity on that situation. Yeah. Trayvon Grimes tweeted that, hey, don't believe everything that you read, even though he reportedly didn't show up for practice today. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> we'll I we'll find out. Yeah, I thought what I what I was told, because I didn't, I didn't read any of it, of course, um, in the pod my group, I thought what I saw was that somebody got COVID and they were just they just didn't show up for practice because of that. That could be the case yeah. as well. We don't know these things yet. We do know that Kerry Vincent has already opted out. Probably the first big time SEC returner who has opted out, I would say. Uh, is, that, is that fair to say? Yes. I think there will be more as we get closer to camp. Camp starts, thankfully, today. Today. So, So, I mean, like, real camp when we get into, like, hey, you know, guys have pads on. It's full go. We're in the extended portion right now. More of the, like, OTA sort of deal where, you know, it's not quite the full-on version of fall camp. But we're counting it as fall camp despite the fact that the season is still over four weeks away. So, that's the good news. We have so much to break down today, so much to break down. But before we do all of that, Marler, can you first tell us about our very good friends at Bet Online? Connor, let me just welcome you into the, my nightmare, and that is, uh, I, I know a lot of you, um, I think I think a lot of you know this. Um, in addition to being an Alabama fan, I'm, I'm also sadly a Red Sox fan, and I have been since hey. like I was a kid. It's the worst combination fan. Like I remember saying this to, oh, it was I said it to Matt Sims. Um, <clears throat> the quarterback. He actually was a quarterback for the Atlanta AAF team. Um, and he was like, oh, so you're just an asshole. And I was like, mm. okay, yeah, sure. I mean, pretty much, like, from those fan bases, it's the worst. So if you've been keeping up with baseball, the Red Sox are the worst team in baseball, and it's awful to watch, Connor. It's awful. However, I try to find the silver lining in a lot of things, 
And the silver lining with the Red Sox being the worst team I've ever watched play professional baseball is I've been betting against them on Bet Online, and it has been going so well. Okay, so go to BetOnline.ag. You, could, you don't have to bet on baseball. A lot of people don't like it. I, people didn't like it when Pete Rose did it. Um, however, you can do it because you're not Pete Rose. What I've been doing, Connor, been taking instead of saying there's going to be a run scored in the first inning because you've ruined that for me, mm. I started betting on which team was going to score first, and I just always bet against the Red Sox. And then betting the Yankees were like minus 156 tonight. They've won 13 of 14 against the Red Sox. Anyway, what I'm saying is there's tons of lines. There's tons of opportunity to go make some money uh, with our good friends at betonline.ag. Take a part of my misery and my joy and, and bet against the Red Sox with me. I heard this on Pardon My Take, and there's a lot of legitimacy to it. If there is ever a year for your professional sports team to be bad, I think this is it. Yeah. I truly I mean, think because like, you got the care. shorter season. Yeah, you got the shorter season. You don't have the fans in the crowd or anything like that. As they were saying, championship teams not even going to be able to get a parade because of all the restrictions. Oh, I didn't think about that, yeah. You know, it's not it, the worst thing I've ever heard. It kind of like watching like the Red Sox Yankees games. It looked like they're three and twenty-four in their last twenty-seven games against the Rays and the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Th- think about that. They 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 showed a stat yesterday, and like you know, I love stats. They showed a stat yesterday that was. <clears throat> They've given up more earned runs this year already than Pedro Martinez did in his entire year in like two or ninety eight or whatever, and um, they gave up sixty three runs in six games, which was more than the Dodgers have given up all year. Anyway, we'll stop talking about baseball. I was gonna say you got your Red Sox takes out of the way. You good? I just, I more? mean, it was it was a lot of gambling and, and crunching numbers this weekend. That's all. All right, all right. We have a lot of schedule takes to get to. Yeah. Let's let's start at the very at the very beginning. The week one stuff that came out at 3 p.m. on Feinbaum. We made fun of the SEC network and the way it kind of went <laughs> about this whole deal beforehand. And it really wasn't yeah. the SEC network so much as the SEC. I shouldn't say that. Right. But the way that they went about this today was great, and it was really st- smart from a content standpoint to be able to have Feinbaum callers calling in oh the gosh. entire show talking about week one, the week one schedules. And I know that there were a lot of people hoping that we were going to get these big high headliner games in week one. And even up until we saw our good our good friend Cole Kubelik tweet out, uh, yeah. week one schedule has been ironed out, which that tweet was later deleted. We thought maybe, or at least some people did, think that there was going to be some headliner week one games. The thinking being, hey, if we can get these games out of the way now, just in case we got to stop this season, you know, at least we'll have those games already played. But I didn't actually think that was going to happen. And that was the really? one thing where, yeah, I, I actually tweeted this this morning. So I went on record, and I was prepared to be wrong because I always am with my predictions, yeah. of course. But the reasoning for why there weren't the headliner week one games, and just in case you didn't necessarily see the week one slate, I mean, it's not it's not, it's not, not terrible. It's, it's not, not great. terrible. It's not it's, great. But it's, it's, seven, it's seven SEC games, and you know what? I'll take that. I'll take that. I, I think that at this point, we will we will absolutely take that. So if you haven't seen what the week one slate looks like, it does not feature any big-time rivalry games. We've got Alabama at Mizzou, Florida at Ole Miss, Georgia at Arkansas, Sam Pittman Bowl. We've yep. got Kentucky at Auburn, Mississippi State at LSU, Tennessee at South Carolina, Vandy at Texas A&M. So some might look at that and say, well, why didn't they just put headliner games in week one? It yeah. would have been awesome to be able to see that. Fans would have loved that. If there's anything that we've noticed from this whole deal where the schedule has been very subjective and we mm-hmm. don't know the exact process in which it's been figured out, I think SEC contenders, coaches, presidents, 
ADs, whoever, yep. push back on that idea. Because after an offseason in which they have had less control than ever, ever, ever the, the last thing that they wanted to see was a game that could potentially define their season in week one. And those rivalry games, those big headliner games, of course. There's even clauses in their contracts that dictate those rival that are based on those rivalry games specifically. So it did not surprise me at all when we saw the SEC's four contenders get the draw against the four new coaches in the SEC. Yeah, does LSU play anybody until like November? All right, I'm, I'm going to push back on that a little oh, bit. Boy. A little bit. Because LSU actually does have in, well, the first three. The first they play three Florida. Games. My bad. You're the, right. They play Florida. The first three games of the season are tough. What? I think are, are, are not tough. Are not tough. Are not tough. Oh. Then it gets tough. Then it gets tough. That's what I meant to say. My bad. Misspoke. What, there what are is teams tough about this about South Carolina. No offense, South Carolina. So I, I broke down the four game stretches that I think mm-hmm. are most difficult. And while that South Carolina game that that we're talking about here it certainly isn't one of them. I think that LSU has one of the six toughest four game stretches in the SEC. Now I'm I'm bypassing the bye week the bye week mm-hmm. by doing this, but that stretch that I'm talking about, starting on 10-17, October 17th, at Florida, home against South Carolina, at Auburn, then you've got the bye week, and then you've got against Alabama. So there are a lot of stretches like that, and I think the more and more people looked at this as opposed to when the two-game additions came out, they're realizing, oh, crap. Everybody has a really, really difficult schedule. Yeah. There's not a single person who looked at their team's schedule and thought, oh, man, we've got it easy. We're yeah. so, we're made in the shade. <laughs> like, nobody, nobody. And that's why I was so frustrated with the way that people were reacting to those two-game right. added schedules when, like, even, even Mizzou and Arkansas, like, don't tell anyone this, but they actually have some relatively favorable stretches. Um, just just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, I just thought it was interesting the way they opened the season. That's that's all. Very interesting to see that, to see that that was clearly the objective. And I've said this multiple times. I think the SEC has really copied the Big Ten in yeah. a lot of ways. And the Big Ten did the same exact thing where everybody's talking about Michigan-Ohio State going to be week one. Are we going to have you know big rivalry games to kick off the season? We've been waiting so long for this. How great that we could possibly do that? And the SEC's like, nope, nope, nope we're not, not going to do that. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that the people in the room that helped make that decision, which, as we know, there have been these meetings with ADs and coaches have been involved, and there was that call with the coaches where they weren't happy with the schedule at yeah, all. Yeah, they were Great pissed. reporting by Chris Lowe. Um, but I, I think that that was definitely a priority for week one. And here's the good news. It's seven SEC football games. Yeah, for real. I mean, like, there's we'll not really it. a bad week. Like, there's, like, And that's one great part of not having the cupcake week, obviously. But there's not, like, a bad week in there. There's, there's at least, like, one or two... I don't want to say marquee matchups, but like good games. I think each week when you really look at it. Listen to this. Ross no, Dellinger threw absolutely. this out there. <laughs> Ross Dellinger threw this out there, and this just speaks to how great this this year is going to be if we are able to have this season in its entirety. The SEC schedule, yeah. We talked about week one. All right, kind of a dud. I do want to hit on one thing with with Kentucky and Auburn and that matchup. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's interesting, the whole, like, Dan Mullen going back to Oxford, potentially as well, a place where he's obviously not very well liked. But look at listen to this, and Ross Dellinger put this all out there. <clears throat> Week two, you've got Auburn, Georgia. Your 
favorite rivalry yeah, in I, all yeah. of sports. <clears throat> but that also, like, I'm kind of bummed about that, to be honest. I Like, there's a couple things from a tradition standpoint that really bum me out that we're not going to get. And, and, and right. I'm not trying to complain because it's like, like we, we knew there were going to be changes to the schedule. We knew there was going to be, like, difficulties trying to make the schedule. I'm not complaining at all. It's did a bad job. I just... There's something about that game being in like the hot ass part of the the end of September, beginning part of of October versus you know late November, fall, that kind of stuff. I just that it just bummed me out. That's all. But here's here's the thing for all those who are, are bummed about some of these traditional rivalry games. You know, Alabama, Auburn, the Iron Bowl is not being played the last week of the regular season for the first time since 2001. Florida, Tennessee is not going to be played. In its typical time slide, it's going to be played in the last week of the season, yeah. actually. And that's going to happen for the first time since 2001, the It Just Meant More game that we did. But for all the schedule, SEC schedule purists, the way that Ross laid this out made me go, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome if we get yeah. this. So that's that's the week two, Auburn-Georgia. Week three, you've got Florida on the road against Texas A&M, a couple of teams that based on the way that things have fallen with this power three thing, could both be in the top ten. Week four, you've got Georgia, Bama, and LSU, Florida. Week six, oh, week five, by the way, you've still got Tennessee and Alabama playing that week. But that's kind of a quieter week. And then it's Georgia and Kentucky are also that week as well. Right. Week six, LSU-Auburn on Halloween. That's yeah, going like to be that. awesome. That'll be fun. Weeks Week seven, right after that, you've got the cocktail party. Fantastic. Yep. Greg McElroy already called it the game of the year in the SEC. Week eight, you've got Bama LSU on Masters weekend. Oh, I Are forgot about Masters me? weekend. Well, you're gonna... just saying, this is just, you're, yeah, there's like a good, there's a good game every week for sure. Yeah, and then week week 10, we've got the Egg Bowl. We've got the Iron Bowl. Week 11, yeah, all right, he, he put Ole Miss LSU in there. That's just yeah. more of like a lane against LSU. But the point is, with this 10-game schedule, we are going to be so entertained. My goodness, if we yeah. can get all of this, and it's going to be great. I wish, so, I, and again, I'm not trying to say they did a bad job at all. I just, I'm going to be bummed. I know it's, it's just going to be different not seeing the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving and then seeing, like, you know, like Bama closing out with Arkansas. I know. Weird. Very, very yeah. weird. I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna have an entire package of Hawaiian rolls in me watching the egg bowl. Oh, which... I mean I will, but yeah, it's fine. Like I'll do that for you. I'll, that's, yeah, that's, I'll I'll just you. have to we'll just have to do it anyways. But yeah. I mean this this is a, a year that's gonna feel so bizarre. So yeah. bizarre on a variety of, of fronts, but I'm I'm just trying to trying to embrace it as much as possible. Yeah. Can we talk real quick about that week, the week one Kentucky Auburn thing that I saw thrown out there? Of course. Which, a couple of things that I wanted to hit on with that. One of which being that that for me is my most intriguing opening weekend game. Um, I know that there were some who said, ah, maybe Florida will miss, which I like that as well, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But to me, and, you know, Mike Leach getting to face LSU, though I don't think MSU's defense has a prayer of stopping the LSU offense, despite all the inexperience on that side of the ball. But that Kentucky-Auburn game, one, we don't know if Joey Gatewood's going to be eligible. Even if he is, I still think our favorite neighbor, Terry Wilson, is going to be starting that game. But I saw a line for that game that just – blew me away and i don't know if i should even say it because you know we've got the bet online deal and all that stuff but um let's just say a certain uh, action network throughout these week one point spreads and the spread for kentucky at auburn 
You want to take a guess? Seven and a half. Oh, man. The fact that this game is not a single-digit point spread is insulting. Insulting. To it's Kentucky. a double-digit point spread? It is oh. Auburn minus 11. Oh, I'll be, I, okay, wow. We've I'd get locks. all We've already got locks. This season hasn't even started yet. I'd get all over that. Yeah. So that's that's the bummer when you look at that week one slate because yeah. they're as of right now, according to this these current spreads, which are bound to change. We've got yeah. opt-outs. We've got a lot of things. We've got potential positive tests. We've got mandated just, quarantines, right, all those things. all those things. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm just trying to keep yeah. that trying to keep that in mind. Um Florida Ole Miss, that's Florida's is considered an eight point favorite in that Break one. This down. Do you want to guess South Carolina, Tennessee? It's Tennessee at South Carolina. Keep that in mind. Uh three and a half. It's a pick 'em. Shut up, really. Yeah. Love Very it. Interesting. God, Very interesting. But that the one other one I really wanted to highlight. Poor Vandy. Vandy, by the way, oh my god, this is the most Vandy talk we're gonna have on this podcast for a good oh, amount of time. You don't know that. Vandy lost its leading tackler today, who opted out, and they lost two of their starting offensive linemen. Was that which, who you were saying earlier in the start of the podcast when I was like, uh-huh, yeah, that is the first big name? No. Good. No. Vandy is, according to this spread, a 37-point underdog to AM. What? 37 they points. They returned is, their entire defense. Uh, Vandy does not. Yeah, they did. Well, does not, not now, but yeah. Um, they did before. They, they, remember that's what we were saying the, like, uh, in a couple of episodes ago? Because like the S&P, whatever, the, like the Bill Connolly thing, they, they returned, like, I think, like the second or third most production from the defense standpoint like in the country. 37-point dog. Going to be a rough year for the Doors. Going to be Thir- a rough year. 37-point underdog. I, I thought, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot they were opening up with LSU. They're not. They're not. They're no. opening up with a and That's tough. Man, even Arkansas is only a 24-point dog against Georgia. How is that a – what is happening right now? 37 yeah. points? Want to that, guess that bama Mizzou spread, by the way? There's 20, one for you. It's 20 at Mizzou. And a half, 21? Very good guess. It's Bama minus 19 and a half. Oh, take that. Very good guess. Very impressive. That's, that's, so, that's a small number. Yeah, I thought I thought that would definitely be in the 20s. I think there's yep. gonna I think there's gonna be a good amount of action on that, especially with how good Saban has been um in in the season openers as well when i want me to go through some of these these brutal stretches these brutal four yeah let's go, stretches. let's go over that because so he, my biggest thing with like my biggest takeaways from the schedule was this i i didn't feel like they they kind of like screwed the fans out of like any marquee matchups and opening weekend we're obviously not gonna have like a, a big week zero week one we're all gonna be big, watching anyways you know yeah i mean for real and like we're gonna be so excited that we're having football it's not gonna matter nobody's gonna be complaining yeah. about having football on tv um that being said I think that it was probably the best way, and I hate to say this because, like, especially as a fan of a team that's probably getting the benefit of this, but it seemed like they were kind of easing him into the season. I, that's, that's, like, the feeling I got. Like, there's, like, nothing crazy. They were going to be like, all right, you know what, Bama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, you guys are going, like, week one. So it, it felt like, not like they were trying to, like, I don't know, protect or anything like that, but it was just, like, kind of like an ease into the season. And then it got real in week two through four. Yes, yes, very much. And it makes sense because think about this. I keep saying this. Perception is going to really play a huge factor in the polls. The preseason AP Top 25, which comes out August 24th, is going to have every single possible team 
when games start, they are going to then take out the Big Ten and the Pac-12. It's weird. It's weird. They basically, they do that because they want to be based on actual games once the season starts. And once the teams that don't have any games scheduled, they can't obviously be based on games. It sounds Weird. like if you ever dated somebody that had someone else's name tattooed on them, you're like, all right, well, I just thought we could move on from that. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that was a savage tweet um, about Big Ten and Pac-12 fans having to watch Big Bang Theory I just feel like they probably love Big Bang Theory. Yeah, people did not think that was very nice, I guess. I don't really care. I mean, it's... it's They're suffering right now, man. They, they did this to themselves. Not the Big Ten fans. They're fighting against this. Dude. It's whatever. The, what the Big Ten fans are doing right now is the most SEC thing that we have ever seen. Minnesota's quarterback came out today and said he's the, this is the only commissioner that, or the only conference that actually had player safety in mind when they did this. The you literally picked the one person. You literally picked I, the one person who has been against this. Meanwhile, there's petitions with two, over 250,000 signatures from Justin Fields. I wasn't saying that was like the poster child of the Big Ten. I'm just saying it's not, it's not like all of them are, are trying. First off, I'm not seeing it, I'm not seeing the same. Like I understand the Justin Fields thing is, is one thing. The, the pushback and stuff that I've seen like on social media, especially of people like just running, just dragging the SEC for being like dumb Southerners and like we don't want to Oh, I hate science. that too. It's ridiculous. That's and so and that's yeah. that Big Ten bullshit elitist. Hold on, now i got to write this down. Whoa. And like this like, they've always thought of themselves like the Ivy League of the Midwest. And it's like, guys, you guys have great institutions. You have great academic institutions. However... Just because we're going to play football, it doesn't mean we're dumb idiots. And so, like, God, I just hate when they like, okay, say that about this. The Albert, Breer tweet was, the Albert Breer tweet was I didn't was even see that. What was, was that? That was probably what you're referring to right no, now. No, it was the, the, like, Alika the Alika S- Siddiqui. Okay, yeah, that one was that one was awful as well. Yes, yeah. there have been a couple of generalizations. Don't do it. Don't do it, guys. Yeah. Don't do it. It's bad. Um, okay, what were we talking about? We are talking about the schedule, right? <laughs> you Yankee agenda. <laughs> Hey, all I'm saying is Big Ten is is trying to do whatever yeah. possible. Well, and can I, to get I a hope they get together. to play because like it would be miserable to not have a season. I, I, I totally get that. Like for the fans, I, I definitely want that. For the group that is like using this as well, we're only not playing because we're smarter than you dumb idiots down in the south. That's oh, that's the worst. You guys, you guys are the worst. That's the worst. My best friends went to Iowa, man. They're Iowa grads. They're sitting at home right now. Like, what are we gonna do? This There's sucks. So much it's to do the in worst. Iowa, though. They don't live in Iowa. They live in Chicago. Come on, don't, don't go there. All right, brutal brutal four-game stretches. And for these, I just kind of took out the bye week. I understand that could play a part in it, but I wanted to just focus on four consecutive games. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with Arkansas, a team that many, many people have been talking about. Many people have been saying, and Hunter Yurichek, the AD, came out and said, toughest schedule in the history of college football. Jeez, man. I'm not here, I'm not here to disagree with that, but this four-game stretch. You've got on Halloween, this starts, at Texas A&M. Following week, you've got home against Tennessee. Then you go on the road at Florida. And then you've got home against LSU. Good Um, God. Will Arkansas be within 20 in those games? Vegas thinks they will be. Of those four games, not week one. Those four Um, games. I don't. uh, That's that's brutal, man. I thought it was bad enough they had to open with Georgia. No, that will not be fun. Um, Auburn, what about this stretch here? Oh, God. So, it doesn't start off terribly bad. You've got the, it's middle, so the same weekend of LSU-Bama, which is November 14th, Masters mm-hmm. weekend. You've got Auburn on the road at Mississippi State. What are Cowbells going to sound like at 25% capacity? Have we figured that oh, out yet? God. I don't know. It's still loud. I don't know. Maybe, 
Maybe they'll ring even even louder then. <laughs> the, the, the ricochet, I don't know, sound stuff. Um, and the following week, you've got home against Tennessee. And then November 28th, you've got at Alabama. And then to end the regular season, you're home against Texas A&M. Auburn has a difficult schedule every year just every because year. of the crossover with Georgia. But, man, just... <sighs> This is going to be the fact that a they, very they telling year. Back for into their schedule with with A and M after Bama was like, good lord, guys! Like when it, when it first came out, and it was like I saw Tennessee was after Georgia. I was like, oh, that's bolt. Like I was like I was pissed, and then I saw Auburn's schedule. I was like, oh, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, Auburn's toughest get, toughest part of the the schedule doesn't include Georgia, and it doesn't include LSU. It's going to be tough. Is, that's a nightmare. It's going to be really really tough. Florida. Florida, yes, has actually a really tough four-game stretch, despite the fact that everybody, when the two-game additions came out, were like, Florida got let off easy. Florida right. still has a really tough schedule. Florida, October 10th, at Texas A&M. Following week, home against LSU. Week after that, you've got home against Mizzou. Easy, understood. But then two weeks later, you've got the cocktail party. So in that four-week stretch, you've got LSU, you've got Georgia, you've also got a road trip at A&M. That is not easy. I not want no easy. part of that. No part. Georgia also, despite the fact that it Dude, they caught a break. They I don't feel like they got a break at all. They had a really tough schedule in the beginning, especially in the beginning. Yeah, so week I guess yeah, it would be week three. They have home against Tennessee, which, you know, obviously they fared really well against Tennessee mm-hmm. recently, but expected to be a, an even better team with Jeremy Pruitt. Then, oh by the way, you've got to go to Alabama. And then the week after that, you've got to go on the road against a Kentucky team that is experienced in the trenches. Yes, I realize Georgia's had a lot of success against Kentucky. But then two weeks after that, you've got the cocktail party. Just at least they get a break for the cocktail kidneys. party. No, yeah, I mean, like, at least like, they, they do have the bye week. Yeah. Auburn, Auburn, Tennessee, and Bama in a row. Like, like those are their, well, not their three biggest rivals, but like Tennessee and Auburn especially like are, are two of their five biggest rivals. I don't know. How, they got a lot of rivals. But, like, those games back-to-back and then the very end of that three-game stretch being Bama on the road, that's that's tough. The good news for Georgia is the, the end of the schedule. If once they get past, if they can get past the cocktail party with a win, and if they mm-hmm. get out of that stretch right there, even at 3-1, and one, the schedule sets up very, very favorably to end the year. To end the year, Georgia has home against Mississippi State, on the road, South Carolina, home against Vandy. Yep. Oh, by the way, actually, no, I, I skipped one. On the road at Mizzou, and then home right. against Mississippi State. Yeah. So, that that's, by the way, spoiler alert, that's one of the easiest four-game stretches. And then LSU also, really, really difficult four-game stretch. You've got October 17th, which, yeah, I know, starts off very easy. Those first three weeks, very favorable. Then after that, you've got on the road at Florida. You the following week, a little bit of an a little bit of an easier one. Obviously, you've got home against South Carolina, but then you go to Auburn after that, and then you've got a two week break before the Alabama game. Difficult again. Just a reminder: yeah. nobody's getting off easy here. Nobody's. I think off I easy. think when I first said that, especially I just in my mind now the way I think of LSU, I'm like, well, they're just going to beat everybody. Just like they don't play anybody. So because <laughs> they were just they were so damn good. <laughs> you last did the year. exact thing you you hate when Bama people. Do yeah, that. I know you're right. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't say it was logical. I just said I did it. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, I guess that is that is pretty tough. That, I mean, that LSU Auburn game is like always a war, man. It's just it's always a good game. I know, I know. And then there's the one other easy easy four game stretch that I thought good for Vandy. I'm not saying Vandy's gonna have what <laughs> or you no know, most brutal four game yeah. stretch. Vandy's uh, 
I don't know what the, the regular season over-under for Vandy is. It's probably 0.5. Negative. At Kentucky, that's November 14th. And then the following week, home against Florida. Week after that, home against Tennessee. And then you've got to end the year at Georgia. Derek Mason, I hope you're not fighting for your job down Dude. the stretch. Yeah, that, that not, is going to be one interesting thing. that We've talked about it like a little bit in brief, but like, how that's going to play out this year with like with coaches who would be on the hot seat, but are they going to be on the hot seat now? I don't. Yeah, like with Muschamp and Mason, and yeah. I t- I tend to think that coaches like that, you you've almost got to punt on yeah. on this year and making a decision like this, especially when we don't know what funds are going to be at the end of the season. Vandy obviously has a new AD, Candace Story, Candace uh, Story Lee, and then we've got Muschamp who still has an eight figure buyout. So, like, are you just going to fire Muschamp for going three and seven in a year when his team's probably not going to be favored more than it's three a, times? It's like, it's, I'm trying to think of like, like a, a movie where I, like, I remember seeing this, but it's like somebody trying to break up with somebody and then you find out like their dog died like the same day and you're like, oh, oh well, I guess we'll just stay together forever then. <laughs> Muschamp, you're going to be here forever. <laughs> um, tough schedules. Tough parts of the schedule, four game stretches that are just brutal. Brutal. We've got some repeat offenders. Okay. Florida. Mm. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is easy schedule. I just ruined that. I keep going back and forth. I don't know why I oh. keep doing that. I keep messing up. Florida, very easy part of the schedule. To end the year, just like Georgia, Florida has November 14th, home against Arkansas. Then the week after, they're at Vandy. And then you've got home against Kentucky and then on the road at Tennessee. That's, like, not that easy of I mean, a schedule. I, yeah, I mean, I would think, wait, hold on, now you confuse me. This is, like, a not easy This is part? the easy. This is the okay. easy. Because I feel like the Tennessee, that Tennessee game is not going to be easy, and especially coming off uh, the heels of that Kentucky game. Right. Arkansas and Vandy in a four-game stretch yeah. is kind of the, the, the basis of that. That's fair. Um, already hit on the, the Georgia easy stretch. A&M has an easy stretch as well. Halloween, they've got home against Arkansas the week after. They're on the road, South Carolina, week after that, at Tennessee, and then home against Ole Miss. If AM is going to make a push in the division, you've got to go 4 0 right there. You have to. Absolutely. I mean, like, there's, and that is like, we talked about this last year a lot with like South Carolina, I think, especially, is when, when you have just a daunting schedule in front of you, just an uphill battle the whole year facing you. There are there are games that are going to be like must win, and there are games that aren't going to be like that easy even. But they are must win for your schedule to keep things going, like enroll in the right direction for the program. But I mean, this is year three of Jimbo. This is year three of Jimbo. So I mean, it's at this point, it's kind of like put up or shut up. And and I think that, it, and I'm not saying this in a negative way towards Jimbo because I, I think they are going to be a good team this year. But man, I was a lot more excited about that team when I when the schedule didn't change. <laughs> You know, and that's oh, that gets me so fired up. You know, no, that I mean, gets like me it makes up. sense because it, like it's the same way with Ohio State. Like I think Ohio State's a great team, but like, like yeah, I mean, part of that is because I know they don't have to play. They play like two games in the year or Clemson. You know what I mean? Like, like so, like I know they have a guaranteed eight, nine, ten wins. Like eight, I'm almost saying eight because I thought they were playing ten total. But like, yeah, if you have like a guaranteed like floor in your in your wins, like that that's gonna help your your program out. That's all. I mean, Clemson's been to four of the last five national titles. I'd yeah, be excited if I saw this nobody, too. Like, in, like for the most part, like the entire season. For, yeah, for the for the most part, I, I would agree with that. I think that the the A and M hype. It's interesting because seeing that schedule play out, and by the way, two of their first three matchups, 
Bama and Florida. Yeah. Um, after we were talking about how favorable no it was favors. those first ten games of the year, uh, if you're an AM fan, you're really frustrated right now. If you yeah. were putting you know futures on AM to to win a national championship or anything like that, you're like, oh man, getting to seven wins is going to be really really difficult this year. Yeah. So. Um, not not ideal for Jimbo in what is considered a very, very pivotal year. Um, by the way, can we talk about the way that this schedule ends? You hinted at this before yeah. about how weird it's going to be not having all these great rivalry games to end the season. There's really not a rivalry week. There's just It's not there this year, and I think that a lot of that is because of logistics and all the moving pieces with putting a schedule together is different, but... We don't even know if that's going to be the last week to end the regular season because there's that open date on yeah. December 12th where any potential makeup games could go. Right. It's just going to be a very weird feel on December 5th if we're playing if we're playing a season which again, fingers crossed, if we're looking up and we're like, well, is this game going to end the year? Is the are the divisions already wrapped up? Like we're not having, you know, whereas like we've talked about how Auburn and, and Alabama have been so decisive in the division race for the yeah. last decade plus and how this year, you know, that's going to be a little bit different because they're playing the second to last week of the season. But just the the entire close to the SEC regular season is just going to be very, very different than what yeah. any of us are used to. And, and, and that is one thing. I'm glad they got some of the some of the bigger games, I think, earlier in the season. I mean, this, this entire season is going to have a, a – a totally different feel. There's going to be a lot of excuses. There's going to be a lot of. I mean, it's just it's just odd. It, like I keep thinking, it's like we're in a bad dream. You just like wake up and like wait what? Like why, well, we're not supposed to play Tennessee today. We're supposed to play like UT Chattanooga. Like what is happening? So the whole thing is going to be weird. Um, you know, like have you been watching any like playoff hockey? You know, I as a Blackhawks fan, I had planned on tuning in immediately. And then I'll be, I'm a fair weather Blackhawks fan, yeah. I can admit that. But then immediately they fall behind 2 oh, and then the series has kind of gotten away from them a little bit. Didn't but they win the I have night? not watched much playoff hockey. What's that? I thought they won the other night, but it's just bizarre. They did like, win the other like, night. Playoff yeah. hockey is so much fun. It's so exciting. It's like, honestly, my favorite like playoff schedule, I think, or time of year for, for any professional sport because it's just so intense and it's a lot of fun. Like you're just like on the edge of your seat the whole time. But the fans are so into it, and and it's and you can say that I know for like any sporting event, but like for whatever reason, especially hockey, it's just so bizarre. It's just so bizarre, like there's nobody there at all. Um, so hopefully we have like some limited capacity in stadiums this year because it's it is kind of an odd feeling. Like, like it's going to be odd to think of like the you know Georgia Florida game and no one's there. I think college football is going to feel weirder than any of these professional sports. Yeah, I can see and that. I think we've thought that for a while about just subdued crowds. They, they seem to be more apparent in professional sports. And mm-hmm. it's it's weird to think the NFL as well um, is, is going to have all these empty stadiums. That's that's really, really strange. Can, but Can we shout out real quick? It's like this blows my mind. Whoever – I used to think about this. No, like don't get weird here. But I used to think that like strip club DJs had one of the toughest jobs in the world because they have to like be so many things to this place. Like you clip have that, to like clip that will. You have to get like you have to build excitement. You have to remember who like Chastity's name versus like I don't know the other girl's name. Like but but then and what songs to play and it's always pour some sugar on me and all those things. And then also be like, oh, by the way, your car got towed outside. If you are in a ninety eight Buick Regal, you need to move your car immediately. Like that he's like in charge of everything. Whoever is in charge of the PA system doing like like the in-game DJ or whatever for sporting events right now, 
that that's they deserve a raise and maybe a holiday because like if, if you've watched any any professional sports game like as soon as there's a hit there's like they, the crowd noise is going off in the background they got a song playing from the like 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 i don't anyway it's incredible to watch it's incredible to watch i don't know what it's gonna look like i don't know what it's gonna sound like if you've been to um you know what it's gonna feel a little bit like a lot of these stadiums host high school football state championships yeah that's fair and if you go to some of these stadiums it's weird how cold they get as well I, i'm speaking more so on on the midwest like yeah a place like champaign or a place like lincoln nebraska where when there's barely anybody in there and they're playing these games in late november it's like really really cold yeah. you don't have a bunch of you don't have a hundred thousand people giving off body heat and stuff like that um it's going to be so weird on a variety of levels but you know what in terms of the in-home viewing experience, like yeah. we are we are set up really really well this year, and I'm fascinated to see what what is what is going to play out when division races are going to be decided. Are we still going to have Florida and Georgia, Georgia Florida? Is that game still going to decide the SEC East in the first week of November when we have a full month of the season after that? Yeah, is the Iron Bowl going to decide? decide the west if i'm guessing probably not just based on lsu being more relevant than ever obviously yeah but how are all these storylines going to play out and how are we going to go into these games what what are we what are we going to be looking for in terms yeah. of you know who who hits their stride mid-season is any team going to be able to really get into a rhythm or are we going to have roster depletion left and right i don't know i don't I'm like know, how am i going to feel how, how am i going to get my game face on how much am I gonna have to drink? Like, is it? Gonna, I mean, is it gonna feel like I'm drinking more than I than I really am? Probably because there's no one around. I think what you could do, Uncle Chris, the thing that you need to take up because you watch lines like a hawk, right? Yeah. I mean, you know what the odds makers are doing. Well, apparently, you're like, I, hey, this that was happening today. <laughs> this this dropped three points. This dropped four points. Yeah. What I think is going to happen this year too, and the SEC schedule coming out has made me realizing has made me realize this. Seeing some of those early week one lines, I think we're going to have situations where, like Vegas, somehow finds out about oh, a yeah. rash of positive tests, Bro. and all of a sudden you're going to see that line take a dive or so oh, yeah. go completely in one direction or the other, and it's going to happen before a coach announces right. whether or not a player is going to be out. And I'm not saying that the Vegas is going to know the specific player, but Vegas is going to get tipped off that like, oh, you know, the entire Tennessee offensive line tested positive or oh, Auburn secondary is out, you know, with, with a COVID test. I don't know what it's going to be this year, but I feel like we're in for a lot of those where those yeah. point spreads, man, don't get too attached to them. They're going to be all over the place. No, that's a good point. That's, that's, a, that's a very good point. Actually, that's going to happen a lot. I can't wait. We're gonna do games. We're gonna do games where we're talking about like usually we do you know guess the line or something yeah. like that or we're we're picking games against the spread on a Wednesday and we always talk about how frustrating it is when the spread changes so always. drastically. Yeah, <laughs> this year's this year is gonna be all over the place. It's gonna be ridiculous. By the way, something else that I wanted to clean up here that we haven't necessarily had time to 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 talk about because. Nothing's really happened with it in the last, oh, uh, I don't know, seven months, whenever this went down. Cade Mays got denied. Oh, my eligibility. gosh. And, so, what know, a sh- but it's a, it, I actually was surprised. Like, usually I'm not surprised whenever the, the NCAA messes something up like this. But, like, this time I kind of was because he hired a lawyer. Hired Thomas Mars, who is very, very famous for getting 
all these players, immediate eligibility, Shea Patterson, Justin Fields, all those guys, if it's a high-profile transfer, chances are right Thomas away. Mars has had a plan in getting them out. And you know what? This just sucks. And I'm going to say this for Tennessee fans because they're going to be frustrated. They're going to share yeah. their frustrations on the internet. And a lot of the time we kind of push back on that and say, ah, you know, if all fans are, are yeah. crazy, they're going to do their thing. You know what? They're Go right. off. This is ridiculous because yeah. not only is this kid sitting here August 17th. How long have we known that JT Seven months. was going to be oh. eligible? Uh, I mean, for the last, like, what, like two months yeah. that, he, that he was going to be eligible? and. And people are going to say, oh, it's intra-conference transferring, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just changes things. And there's it's a no, very extensive no, waiver like, wire it's process. Just, they move the, they move the, it's it's a moving target constantly. They, they move the goalposts, as you always like to say, like like just constantly. And it, it never, it, it's not like they're doing it so they can manipulate something where, where it helps them. It's just they don't have any sort of system in place of how to like, handle things in a rational and logical way. And they just do whatever the hell they want to do. The fact that the NCAA is coming out right now and saying that, like, listen, our doctors that we have, they're saying you shouldn't have a football a, a football season. It's like, dude, you've become just like like the most disrespected stepdad ever. Just no one cares about what you have to say. Shut up. Go about your day, Mark Emmert. Like, it just it drives me crazy that he came out last week and and basically told. I don't know, thousands of athletes that they weren't going to have a, a, a season, like potentially their last season in, in college athletics via social media because some stupid video series they're doing. Like, like oh, my God. I Just hate the answer. Awful look. Awful look yeah. all around. Very frustrated. Hopefully, Tennessee's appeal is able to change some things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who, who knows with this stuff anymore? Who knows if we're going to find out about, like, Justin Shorter or if we're going to find out about Joey Gatewood, who, yeah. by the way, is scheduled to have, a, a like, a game in a month. Right. I'd probably like to know if he's able to play against Auburn because he's been at Kentucky for, what, like, seven, eight months at this point? I don't know. He Time announced it in October of, of 2019. Well, he was... That he was that he was transferring he announced yeah, October. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because it was right after it was right after the game that we saw him against LSU. Yeah. Um, this this whole deal just frustrates me to no end. I understand we should be appreciative. We're gonna have football. Hopefully, oh, yeah. fingers crossed. But this Cade May stuff, after we've seen so many people get immediate eligibility, it's ridiculous. I keep coming back to the Talia Tungabailoa thing. Yeah. What's what's the hardship there? Like, what's the hardship for him to be able to go to Maryland when? They didn't even change. They didn't even change offensive coordinators. Like well, I mean, some of the them Bama Martell fans. Um, they they was saying they was saying he the hardship was like he was Hawaiian, so they could like the language barrier. That's a real thing that was actually said on the internet one time. Gosh, just this so whole you know. thing is just it's so so stupid. Uh, Jay Billis already, by the way, has come out and ripped the NCAA. Good, for the Mays thing. Of course he has. love it. Of course he has. Um, so. We have a lot of stuff with the schedule that we're going to continue to talk about. We have, we're going to need to stay on top of those point spreads because it's yeah, without doubt, I'll I'll take the lead on that. Absolutely bizarre. I had something real quick that I wanted to run past you. I wanted to get your opinion on Adam Spencer and I, who I made a bet last year with Adam that we didn't have to pay up for because SEC media days got canceled. But I bet him that Keyshawn Vaughn was going to have more rushing yards than Larry Roundtree. Yeah. I, I own that bet. I crushed it. Whatever. It wasn't even close. So this year we are doing a. It's it's a fantasy league of sorts, but also kind of a pick'em league at the same time. So we did a draft of teams 
where of all the power five teams that are left, which including Notre Dame, 39 teams. So each ended up with 19 teams apiece. Right. There was one team that didn't get picked. I'll let you in on a little secret of who didn't get picked. It was Vandy. It was Vandy. That's fair, yeah. Um, so we each, pick, we each picked 19 teams, and Adam drew up the, the scoring system. One point for each regular season win that these teams have. Three points for making a bowl game. Five points for appearing in a conference title game. 10 for winning a conference title game, uh, 10 for making the playoff, 10 for winning the national championship. The loser has to change their avatar to a picture of, if I lose, I've changed it to something Cardinals related. If he loses, he's got to change it to something Cubs related. Right. I just want to give you my top five here and get the Uncle Chris take on whether or not I won this draft. Yeah. I just need the reassurance right now. At this Go point. ahead. My first five picks were Clamp- Clampson? Clampson? There it is. <laughs> Clemson, Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, and Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State. Okay. Adam's first five picks. I know I know which way you're Mizzou, right. Mizzou, Mizzou, Mizzou. No, he waited an appropriate amount of time. I'll give him credit to take Mizzou. Okay. Adam's first five picks were Bama, Oklahoma, Florida, Texas, and Oklahoma State. Uh, I don't know if you won that one. What were yours again? Mine were Clemson, Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, Iowa State. I, that's tough. I, I mean, I, I like the Clemson and Georgia pick, obviously. I don't know. I mean, that's... I had first pick, and I took Clemson, by the way. He that's had second move. two and went with and went with Bama, Oklahoma. And the weird thing about something yep. like this is I, I took, like, 11 or 10 of the ACC teams because I was like, oh, well, they, you know, they're in the ACC. They have an easier schedule. And yeah, realizing well, I, afterwards, I just took the, basically the entire ACC. Oh, well, it happens. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so something fun. We should we should work out something like this. Maybe the not pod. the exact same thing. Yeah, to yep. be able to do something like this. Thought it was a great idea. Adam put this, put this together. Something that was a lot of fun. If you're a college football fan who's looking for other teams to be able to root for, maybe you're a Big Ten fan listening to this. I know yeah. there's at least one of you. Maybe you could do something like this. Make things a little bit interesting this year. Camp has officially started. I'm so so happy. So Thank God. This week, we're going to have, I think the plan is we're going to do, if you're all right with this, a little mm-hmm. casual Friday. We've been a lot of you know, heavy, hard news type stuff, reacting yeah, to news. Yeah, for that. Unless there's any sort of big, big-time news that comes out this week, we will have a casual Friday of sorts. Maybe we can have a longtime friend on the pod as Ooh. well, still setting that up, okay. a certain SEC network friend. Um, and then we maybe could also discuss quarterback battles because I think that camp is underway. Yeah, it's underway. I'm, I'm pumped, man. It's like, I, I it's it is still odd because you know, like it just doesn't seem. It's usually a lot earlier in the year for one. Um, but yeah, I'm just I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It needs to be here. It absolutely yeah. needs to be here. So we have a, a lot of stuff that is coming down the hatch on S. DS. We have so, so much content that's coming up with Top 25 Week. We have Crystal Ball Series coming up as well. Yeah. I, I can actually do the Crystal Ball Series now because we have a schedule. Yeah, there you go. And we have a no, schedule. I, I can't wait to go look at the over-unders and all that good stuff. And, and that's the first thing I'm going to do as soon as we got the phone. So, and well, I'm going to go pee first, but obviously, yeah. Uncle Chris is going to have to work some magic with these over-unders. Man. They are I'm not so going pumped. to be easy. Um, but it's good to be back talking actual football. Hopefully, we're going to be able to talk a lot more actual football in the next month or so before the start of this regular season. It's weird. Embrace the weird, man. Yeah, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Marler, um, Cade Mays, Thomas Mars, what do we need to remember? My pinky!
it just, it means, it might, I don't know, it might pink too much. Too soon. Talk to you guys soon.